Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. and cross another name potential addition list brad miller millsy former cardinals third baseman has officially signed with the philadelphia phillies he's going back up to philadelphia he signed a one-year three and a half million dollar deal it wasn't likely that he was going to be back with the cardinals but now we know for sure that he is heading elsewhere. Do I need to put together a eulogy tomorrow for Millsy? Maybe we should. We haven't had a eulogy since Ron Hell Ravello. Maybe we should go ahead and make that okay. one happen for you. We sent an invite to uh, Rivs too and see if he'll come in for that eulogy because it's an important to have uh, a, a group here for it's it. It's a big day. We should definitely remember yeah. and celebrate the career of a Brad Miller, Miller here right. in St. Louis. Right now, though, we celebrate having MLB ne- Insider for MLB Network, J.P. Morosi here on the show, joins us via the Brown and Group and Celebrity Line. J.P., always appreciate the time and last time we had you on the Cardinals did not have <laughs> Nolan Arenado on the team yet how you doing what'd you think of the big move Alex and Brandon uh, happy uh, pitchers and catchers day to both of you and all the great baseball fans in St. Louis uh, it really is it's exciting uh, to think about Nolan wearing that uniform and and how entertaining this team is going to be and, and I think in many ways he could be the missing piece uh, I, I look at this club right now and, and you consider the relative strength of the Cardinals to the rest of the division. And I believe that there is no fan base in the sport right now that should feel better about the chances to win the division than the St. Louis Cardinals. They should feel that way right now because you look at out West and the Dodgers and Padres probably have the two best rosters in all of baseball in the NL East, uh, probably the most competitive division top to bottom. And in the NL Central, we have some teams that are either sort of spinning their tires or, or rebuilding and then there's the Cardinals, who, who uh, got better since the season ended. So I love their chances, and certainly uh, a lot will hinge on pitching, as it always does. But uh, I, I think Nolan is that big bat that we've been talking about the Cardinals needing for a very, very long time. John, for you, this has to feel like one of those puzzles that people start, and it takes like six years to complete. You've been following the story for nonstop. It feels like <laughs> five to six years. And then finally it comes to a conclusion. You know, I'm curious, John, when you look, in, and you mentioned the Cardinals being one of those top teams, right now everyone's talking Dodgers and Padres and rightfully so do you put those Cardinals as that third team behind those two or do you think it's still kind of a competition among four or five teams yeah it's it's close I I I may still put the Braves a little bit ahead uh, of the Cardinals but not by too much I, I and I also think that broadly speaking the best it we may be in a situation where and it's always hard to measure this because of course of the way the schedule works but the best four teams, maybe even the best five teams, 
on paper in the sport right now may all be in the NL. Uh, when you consider uh, the Cardinals going along with the Dodgers and Padres and then uh, the Braves, and the, of course you could take your, your pick as to who the second best team is in the NL East, I would say probably the Mets. Um, and and do you like those five teams better than the Yankees or the White Sox? And I, I would say probably, yeah, it's, it's close for me. I Actually, I, I think the White Sox have the best roster in the AL right now, and, and of course it's going to be interesting to see Tony back in the dugout this season. But I, I think that it's a really competitive NL overall, and I think that's where we'll see how the playoffs shake out. Of course, is there any change to the playoff format? Uh, hard to say, but I think that's really where I, I, I come down and say if it's the five-team structure, you're, you're probably counting on two teams make it out west, probably just one team in the central and then probably the top two teams out east that's probably how things play out the braves to me uh they get even better uh, of course with some of the moves they made uh, bolstering their rotation that that, that alex Anthopoulos made they bring back ozuna a little bit late in the offseason i think that was a very good move for them so i think overall they've got a really well balanced roster and i might give them a slight edge over the cardinals but not by much. And I think a lot of it will come down to for the Cardinals. I would say two names stand out to me above the others. It's Kwong Hyun Kim. How does he do here in year two? And then Carlos Martinez. Is he able to give you credible, solid starters innings? And if he can, great. If he is more of the enigma that he's been in the past, then I think it's going to be a little more challenging for the Cardinals to challenge that, that top three or top four group there in the National League this year. It's interesting you mentioned the pitching, uh, John, because we look at that here locally as the strength of this team. But if it's not, I think you're right. If if those guys were to come back to the pack, if KK doesn't look like he did a year ago, you've got some questions there. When you talk to people around the game, inside of clubs, what do they tell you about this Cardinals pitching staff? Not just the rotation, but the staff as a whole, because I think their depth is probably where their strength really lies. Well, it is, and I think with respect to the, to the bullpen, it's an intriguing group. It's not a group that you necessarily know uh, a ton about from a standpoint of the, the the reliability of exactly what the numbers are going to be. For example, Miller, you, you think now he's, he's 35 years old. What is he going to offer? Hicks coming back from injury. Uh, I think Gallegos, I think, really has come on the radar and been a very consistent performer. I like him a lot. I, I think he's one of the relievers that we don't talk about enough. Alex Reyes, what is his ultimate role going to be? So there, it, it could easily be, if you were going to tell me the Cardinals have one of the best three bullpens in baseball, I could see it. If you're going to tell me that they're going to have a bullpen that is their biggest cause for concern at the trade deadline, I could also see that. And I should add here that that's probably not terribly surprising uh, with respect to almost every other team in the majors, maybe with the exception of the Padres and Dodgers, because a lot of relievers threw probably – 25 innings last year and up and down the, the the list of bullpen options because of where we were with a 60-game season. So I think that this is the, the, the year where we're going to see a lot more variability with respect to the bullpen. It's why you saw a club like the Padres seemingly adding a new reliever every week because <laughs> there is that amount of, of uncertainty right now in, in that part of the game. So I, I think for me, the bullpen, I'm watching Reyes closely. What does Miller have left at age 30? 
Hicks coming back, I think Helsley and Gant have showed her different times that they can be reliable. And I think that Helsley is another probably a little bit of a question mark there, but I, I do think there's a lot there for him. So I, to me, it's, it's a really intriguing group that I'll be really interested to see how, how Mike Sheldon and Mike Maddox make sense of that, that collection of arms there as we get through spring training. I, I think another area that a lot of Cardinals fans are intrigued by, John, is the rotation itself. Now, with no Dakota Hudson, a lot of people were pining for finding another starting pitcher on the free agent market. How do you view this rotation and specifically Jack Flaherty? Do you see him taking that leap into being a Cy Young candidate this year? Well, I think to me, Flaherty is, you know, if he's at that Cy Young level, then that's what takes the Cardinals from being a a good team to potentially a, a playoff threat that the Dodgers or, or the Padres don't want to face, because let's think about it. If, if the Cardinals face the Dodgers in the playoffs, Flaherty's going to have to win his games because you look at the rest of the the depth there where even if the Dodgers lose game one uh, behind Bueller, let's say, well, they've got Kershaw and Price and Bauer lined up and, oh, by the way, Julio Urias, who was probably their best pitcher in the playoffs last year, is is there as well. So uh, that's where for, for the Cardinals to advance, for them to have that championship expectation, Flaherty has to be great. And Wainwright probably still has to be, even at the age of 39, a, a really strong number two. I mean, that, that right now is where the rotation lines up for me. Martinez, when you look at where he is with respect to his age, you know, he's someone that, given the, the relative lack of innings, is he someone that you, you can look at those, the, the lack of workload two ways? Either, number one, his arm is fresh, or number two, he's had a hard time staying healthy. It may be both. I mean, that's, that's baseball in 2021. It sort of can be what you want it to be and what you perceive it at the moment. But I think Flaherty, certainly we have seen the capability for him to be a top-five starter in the game. And, and I think for the Cardinals to be a championship-caliber team, I think he has to be that. They can win the division without him being that, but I don't see them making progress in, a, in an absolutely stacked National League playoff picture unless Flaherty pitches right now on the caliber of a Cy Young contender, uh, at least this year, but hopefully for years to come. We're talking to John Morosi. You can watch him on MLB Network throughout the offseason and into the regular season. Give him a follow on Twitter as well. He's one of the best out there, at John Morosi, J-O-N Morosi. John, I did want to ask you about the free agents that are still out there. John Mosaloc said earlier today he's pretty comfortable with the team as is. They're not sure that they're expecting anything more for the major league roster. Seems like they're content. However, there are still some pretty good players that are available out on the market. We've heard about the potential interest in Jake Odorizzi. There are still some left-handed veteran outfielders like Josh Reddick, Brett Gardner, Nick Markakis available out there. Do you think there's anybody that is available that makes sense for the Cardinals to add, or do you expect them to actually go into the season with the current roster as is? Well, I could really see uh, Odorizzi in talking about his connection, of course, someone who grew up in the St. Louis area and, and I'm sure would have a lot of affinity for being able to, to pitch for the franchise. I think that, to me, is one name to watch carefully because I, I agree. I think this is a team that, and, and if I was you know, sitting next to Jake Odorizzi right now and, and, and talking about what he might want to do, for me, I, I would almost, now that teams are in camp, I think you wait a little bit and, and then see who has an issue where all of a sudden there's an elbow strain in this camp or whatever it might be. And I think for the Cardinals' perspective, if they get a look at Martinez and, and Michaelis and, and Kim and say, Ooh, I'm not 
quite sure that, that I can trust all three of these guys to, to take the ball every fifth day for a while. And, and then maybe after looking at the group internally, you make that move. So I, I think that Odorizzi, for me, I, I'm surprised he hasn't signed yet. I've always been a big fan of him. Tremendous person in the clubhouse, great teammate. And Walker, same thing. I think Taiwan Walker is an outstanding arm. I think Taiwan probably had a better year last year. I think objectively had a better year last year than Odorizzi did. And so I think he's probably the more appealing player to sign at the moment. But I think that if I'm the Cardinals, uh, maybe that hometown scenario with Jake and, and being able to pitch close to home could be a factor. And I, I think that if, if Odorizzi's market is not there in a week or, or two weeks from now and he really wants to sign somewhere, I could really see a, a shorter-term deal, maybe a, a sort of a one-year uh, with a, a reasonable base but some good incentives that allow him to, to come in and help shore up the Cardinals rotation. Because for me, now that you've it's like one of those interesting uh, dilemmas. Now that you've gotten Arenado, part of it says, okay, well, you've got Nolan, you brought back Yachty and Wainwright, you can say you're, you're good to go. But uh, really, once you've made those moves, now you're so close to being a championship-caliber club. But to really take that next step, I do think you would need someone like an Odorizzi or a Walker to support Flaherty and Wainwright to be able to get through a, a seven-game series against the Dodgers. And so uh, I think that local connection with Odorizzi really could, could be a huge factor. John, you mentioned Carlos Martinez. I'm curious your thoughts because I know you keep track on on the uh, the the uh, Caribbean the, series. Yeah, the Caribbean series. Thank you, BK. You keep track of kind of what Carlos and Yachty did in that Caribbean series this off season. What's your feel on, on Carlos Martinez this season? Are we looking at a guy who could get back to the form we saw before his injury, or is this a guy who who might have hit his peak already? Well, I, that's a great question, Alex, and I think for me that this is going to be probably one of the seminal questions that the Cardinals face this year and, and uh, for however much longer uh, Carlos is pitching for the franchise. You, you look at what he has done. I mean, he had that 200-inning season back in 2017, and he's, he hasn't even pitched 200 innings since then in the last three seasons. So uh, we have not seen that, that all-star form since then. It's probably asking a lot for him to, to really get back to being that number one type arm, which is what he was for them back in 2017. Uh, but I, I think the Cardinals would probably settle for 80% of that, uh, maybe even 70% of that. Because when you consider where the rest of the rotation is at the moment, you know, Flaherty has basically taken the mantle that they thought Martinez was going to have to be for them. So they've already got a one. Wayno, I thought, looked like a number two at least last year. Tremendous what he's able to do year after year. But again, you can't necessarily count on 200 innings from Adam right now either. So I think that's where if, if Martinez gives the Cardinals 160 innings with maybe like a 3-8, 3-9 ERA, I think that's, that's a very good year for him. Uh, I would say that the, that the Cardinals, if you, if you said that right now, they would take that, and I think that's probably about what the Cardinals could expect in a best-case scenario simply because he has not even thrown more than 50 innings in a season since 2018. We're talking to John Morosi for just another minute or two here on 101 ESPN. You can watch him over on MLB Network throughout the offseason and the regular season. John, I did want to ask you about one of the guys that might be kind of a pivot point in the lineup this year, and that is the young outfielder Dylan Carlson. We certainly have high hopes for him here in St. Louis. When you talk to people, whether it be within the Cardinals organization or people that cover the prospects, what do you hear about Carlson? What, what, are, what are your expectations for him going into 2021? 
certainly he, he was able to get a little bit of a look this past year, Brennan, uh, with the 35 games. And for me, he is he has a chance to be one of the very best young hitters in the game this season. Still a very young player, 22 years of age. The fact that he's a switch hitter, I think, uh, helps there, obviously. And he can really, to me, I look at this Cardinal lineup and say it's a very right-handed group. And I think for this, this team to have the kind of balance you want, uh, it's going to be really crucial, I think, for, for Carlson to really produce. Because when you consider the way that the, the late-game matchups go nowadays, uh, they're going to be seeing a lot of hard-throwing right-handers late in games uh, because of just the, the makeup of relief, relief pitching in general, the three-batter minimum. You're going to be seeing guys with extreme velocity from the right side a lot. Uh, late in ball games, and I think that to break up that group, Carlson, you would say in a best case scenario, is going to probably have to split. You would think somewhere between uh, uh, maybe Goldschmidt and Nolan, or however however you're going to do it, he's going to have to bat somewhere in that that crucial area, whether it's fourth or fifth. Um, he's going to have a very very key role on this team, and uh, the, the better he's able to really emerge, uh, I think it opens up a lot of possibilities. You can maybe bat Goldschmidt higher. You could potentially maybe go Goldschmidt two, Carlson three, Nolan four. However you want to do it, but I think that 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 switch hitting lefty presence is going to be really important. It's a lot to put on a young player, but I also think that when you're there with, with Nolan and Goldie, guys that work as well as they do and, and Paul DeYoung too and Yachty, he's, he's going to be around a lot of players now for a full season. I, I think that while maybe the numbers weren't quite there last year, uh, he got his taste and now uh, I think he's better equipped to step in as a really premium bat to what could be a, a very strong contender this season. He's John Morosi. You can check him out over on MLB Network. Follow him on Twitter at his name, John, J-O-N, Morosi. John, we sincerely appreciate the time, man. Before I get you out of here, I did want to ask you at the back end here, what was your reaction to Yachty coming back? I I mean, it, it felt like it was kind of something that had to happen. It was a fait accompli. But what was your reaction when you found out he's officially going to re-sign with the Cardinals? Well, I mean, to me, just watching his at-bats in the Caribbean series, he looked tremendous. And his ability to uh, to have the young pitchers there trust him and, and he was able to, to, to get the staff all the way to the championship game uh, when there weren't a whole lot of name-brand pitchers there. So he looked, watching watching the, the Caribbean series on television, looked like himself. And, and that's, to me, for someone who's going to the Hall of Fame, is, is the best you could say about him. Is, is he still looks like his Hall of Fame self. And, and it's incredible to say, guys, it's going to be 17 years in a row behind the plate on opening day for the Cardinals with, with Yachty. Of course, it's a record for any one catcher with one team in the history of the game. And uh, I think it's those moments where I remember we had a game early last season on MLB Network um, in St. Louis, and it was the first weekend of the year, and Adam was pitching to Yachty. And I just thought to myself, uh, first of all, anybody that was going to watch the game last year, we felt lucky to do it. But here I am watching Wainwright and Molina working together and we get to do it again this season, which is pretty cool to watch two legends at, at their craft. Absolutely. John, sounds like you've got some little ones in the background, man. We'll let you go. All the best to you and your family. We'll talk with you again soon, my friend. Yeah, we've had lots of pond hockey here lately in Michigan. They've been enjoying getting outside, but even then, the noise still gets high here in the Morosi household. Hey, that's how we love it. We love it. John, thanks so much, man. All the best. But my pleasure. Have a great season, guys. All the best. Same to you. That's John Morosi joining us here on 101 ESPN. It's 117. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers and officially licensed Rolex Jewelers. There's a million different things to react to from that interview. I want to get into the number one thing that I would like to talk about coming up next. 
For the Cardinals to be a championship contender, Jack Flaherty has to be a Cy Young contender. That is what John Morosi just told us. We'll talk about that on the other side. And John Mosellock spoke on a podcast yesterday. You're going to want to have it. Want to hear what he had to say? We'll get into it all coming up next on 101 ESPN.